Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Juliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. Who's enjoying the cooler weather? I am. I'm originally from Victoria, so the colder it gets, the happier I get. <laughs> I feel like Sydney is tropical. Like I could not handle living any further north than I already do. The humidity and my hair are not good friends. Okay, let's pray. Let's pray and get straight into it this morning. God, we thank you for our church family this morning. We thank you for the privilege of coming around your word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that your presence is here so strongly this morning. And I just pray that as your word goes forth this morning, God, that it would change our hearts and our minds, that it would have power to bring freedom and truth and clarity in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said... Amen. Well, it is Connect Group Sunday, and we're going to hear from Pastor Sandra at the end of my message. But I don't want to talk to you this morning about a subject. I want to stir your hearts and your minds around a concept and an idea. And it may be a concept that you feel like you've heard before. If you're like me and you kind of grew up in church and in church community, maybe you feel like you've heard this concept before. For some of you, it may be the very first time you're hearing this concept. But my prayer this morning is that when I preach the word, that it would go forth with clarity and a fresh perspective. Because my real heart for this message this morning is that I'd bring a concept that I believe we all value and agree with. And that God would take that value and transform it into an unshakable conviction and culture in our life and in our church. Does that sound good? Who knows there's a difference between a value and a conviction? I value neatness and tidiness. I'm all for it. I see the benefits of it. I enjoy the results of it. However, if you know me or if you've seen the Life Source Kids office... I can't truthfully say that neat and tidy is an unshakable culture and conviction in my life. It's a value. In fact, Steph and I have a mad spring clean of our office probably every three months after a big kids event. And it's like, oh, so good to have a clean office. But then a day later, it's messy again. (laughs) And who knows when you have New Year's resolutions that values... Once life happens, once the squeeze comes on and the inconvenience happens and the storm hits and you go back to work after having a week off at New Year's, who knows that once all that hits, our values fall away quite easily and quickly. And all that remains is what had transformed into our actual culture and an unshakable conviction. And that's where life change takes place when the stuff that we value goes into deep heart revelation that's unshakable. So the concept I want to bring before us this morning is that we are called to be homemakers and waymakers. If you're taking notes this morning, the title of my message is Homemakers and Waymakers. Yes, I know waymakers isn't an actual word, but I am told from the 9am service that Shakespeare made up many compound words. So I'm in good company. <laughs> it's literary genius, okay? 
so homemakers and waymakers. And the concept I want to bring before you for your consideration this morning is that perhaps there are two types of people on this earth, homemakers and waymakers, and perhaps the two are so inextricably linked to one another that you can't have one without the other, that you can't have waymakers without homemakers and we can't have homemakers without waymakers. And I even want to take this concept one step further at the very beginning of my message. And I want to suggest for us to consider this morning that perhaps there's only one type of person on this earth and that you and I have been fashioned and designed and created by God within us to be both a homemaker and a waymaker. And within us, the two are so inextricably linked that you can't have one without the other. And if you and I want to be waymakers, then you and I must be homemakers. And if we are homemakers, then we are waymakers. Do you know God is a homemaker? God himself is a homemaker. Ephesians 3 verses 16 to 19 puts it so beautiful. It, it, the title of it is Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Growth. He says here, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he would empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And listen to verse 17 in the NLT version. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will go down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. God is a homemaker. And he wants to make his home within you and I. And he wants our roots to go so deep into him that we can understand the love he has for us. But God is also a waymaker. If you want to turn to John chapter 14, verses 1 to 6, again, I'm reading from the NLT version. Jesus is talking to his disciples before he returns to the Father. And he says to them, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. How beautiful is it to know that God is preparing a home for us in eternity. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. Good on Thomas. He always voices everybody's doubts. Where would we be without Thomas? We have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. God is homemaker and God is waymaker. And aren't we glad that we know a God and love a God that is both homemaker and waymaker? When God created mankind, he was already a home. The Godhead three in one, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, they are a home in themselves. They are a relationship, a community. God doesn't just love, he is love within his very identity. And so he was this home. And then he made a way for us 
to be welcomed into this community, into this home. And he created Adam and Eve to be welcomed into this home. Jesus is both homemaker and waymaker. When Jesus died on the cross, he literally gave his own body to be a bridge that made a way for us to come running back home to the Father. We'd left home on our own volition and monumentally mucked things up. And so God the Son became the way, physically became the way for us to come home to the Father. The Holy Spirit is both homemaker and waymaker. When the Spirit comes and dwells inside of us, the Bible says he makes his home within us, that we are literally the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he dwells inside of us and makes his home within us. And then he empowers us to then be a homemaker and a waymaker for others. It's a beautiful concept, isn't it? It's just beautiful. I know that when I'm sharing these truths and speaking these truths, there's something in your spirit and your heart that's like, yes, that's exactly the way it's meant to be. There's something within each and every one of us that when we hear eternal truths, our heart just leaps. But my prayer this morning is that God would help take these things from things that we all value, agree with, want in our lives. Yes, that's awesome. That's totally the way it should be. To unshakable, unshakable conviction and culture so that when the pressure comes on, when the busyness of this individualistic, Western, modern society that we are just bombarded with, the culture of this world is noisy and strong and busy. And if we're not careful, it can squeeze the kingdom of God culture right out of us. And our values will fall away quite quickly unless they're convictions. And that is my heart this morning, that God would take this from a value to a conviction. I want to tell you a little bit about my grandma. She was a homemaker and a waymaker. I come from a long line of ministers, preachers on my dad's side of the family. We're fifth generation Christian and fourth generation minister. But on my mum's side of the family, her mum is first-generation Christian. She got saved in her early 30s, and her husband died a year after they both got saved. Thank God that I'm going to one day meet my grandfather in heaven because he'd been saved for one year before he passed away. But my grandma, she doesn't preach. She, She actually passed away late last year, and she doesn't want to do anything up front. But she was one of the most amazing shepherds and pastors in the kingdom of God because she was a homemaker and a waymaker. And every Sunday after church, we'd go to grandma's house and we'd have family lunch. But it wasn't just our natural family. It was our church family that were invited as well. I grew up in a small country town, in a small country church. Our church was about one-tenth the size of this church. Our kids' ministry in total was probably the size of one age group in one service in this church. So I discovered from an early age that you don't need heaps of choice to do life in community. You need two ingredients. Do you want to hear them this morning? Proximity and consistency. You stick a bunch of kids or a bunch of adults together close enough regularly enough for long enough, you'll form some friendships. And so we didn't have many friends to pick from, but the few of us that were there did life in community. 
And some of those people that came to Grandma's Sunday lunch are some of my lifelong friends to this very day. And it wasn't just our earthly family, it was our church family. And there was always room for more. So the call would go out after church, who's coming back to Marby's? Everyone called my grandma, their grandma, Marby. Now, grandma was a pensioner, so it wasn't a lavish spread. It was toasties. As many toasties as we could cook. Dozens of loaves of bread. Sometimes 30, 40, 50 people after church would cram into grandma's small three-bedroom home. They weren't all from wonderful Christian families. There were people who'd been to Hallenbach, invited to be part of our family. Single mums with four girls. Another single mum with a son who were recovering from a very traumatic divorce. Come and join the family. Just come and join the family. One of those was one of my mates growing up and he now oversees all of Hillsong kids in Australia. Not because he came from a great Christian heritage or a great Christian family, but because he grew up in God's family and in God's house. Because my grandma knew we were called to be homemakers and waymakers. My mum and dad were homemakers and waymakers. And as I was preparing this message, I was very overwhelmed with the fact that I only am able to prepare this message and carry the revelation that I carry because somebody else built a home for me. Somebody else made a way for me. And I thought, I just want to spend the rest of my life being a homemaker and a waymaker for others. And I believe the call on every single one of our lives and in this church, is for us to rise up to be homemakers and waymakers for others. But society has changed, would you agree? It's not the same as it was in the 50s and the 60s when society revolved around the church. Everybody went to church, everyone had time for church, and church was done in community. These days, society does not revolve around the church. It revolves around financial success, educational success, and on the weekends, sport and pastimes are the religion of Australia, aren't they? <laughs> but just because society has changed and the world around us has changed does not mean God has changed. It does not mean the kingdom of God has changed, and it doesn't mean the timeless concepts and principles that God laid the foundation of the earth upon has changed. But I think even within the church, we are more influenced and distracted and busied and, and more drowned out by the culture of this day than we care to admit or realise. Within the church, there's an increasing amount of people that don't do life in community because they're simply too busy. Because even within the church, we've taken our lives that used to revolve around the church and God's family and God's community, and now it revolves around financial success, career success, educational success, hobbies, sports, tutoring, all the activities you've plugged your kids into. And then it's just this, do we have time to even get there, let alone be homemakers and waymakers in the house of God? The generations are changing. Generation X, which is the generation before my generation, 
was, who's a Generation X? Does anyone know what generation they are? Um, generation X were still raised to believe that family and religion were the most important thing above all else. Millennials, do we have any millennials here? I'm, I just scrape into millennials by two years. Starts in 81. So I sound very young as a millennial. One of the oldest millennials, but anyway. We were taught to hold family in high regard, but this is by Barna Research, by the way, if you want to look into it yourself. They're an amazing Christian research company in America. So our generation, millennials, religion started to slide down the list of priorities and values, and it was replaced with professional and educational achievement. Gen Z, which came after my generation, the millennials, they are our current teenagers. And their generation is the first generation in history to no longer get their primary source of identity from their family or from their religion. They rate personal achievement and recreational hobbies as the primary source of where they get their identity from. Family is secondary and even tertiary to their identity. Gen Z's ultimate goal in life is happiness. And when asked how they define happiness, they replied that it is financial and career success, followed by educational success and hobbies and pastimes. So God, religion, community and family is sliding down the value scale whilst money, career, individual success and searching for happiness through fun, fun, fun is sliding up the scale. And you might be sitting there thinking, well, that's depressing. It's actually not. Do you know why? This is the church's finest hour and finest moment to rise up against the culture, for kingdom culture, and to stand our ground. And you go, you know what? Society might be going that way, but I am going to slow down and listen to kingdom culture long enough to organize my time and my priorities and my family to revolve around church community. And do you know what will happen if we take our position as homemakers and waymakers? We can then go to a world that no longer knows how to connect, how to do marriage, how to raise kids, how to have friends, how to have real friends other than social media friends. And we can actually say, you know what? We've got this amazing community. Oh, but I don't believe in Jesus. That's okay. We're going to the beach next Saturday or we have Sunday lunch. It's called Connect Group, but anyone's welcome to come. We've built a home that this world so desperately needs. Because evangelism, I'm actually convinced that homemakers and connect groups and doing life in community is the single greatest evangelistic strategy that God ever thought of. Because you know what happens when we make a home? We've made a way. Haley, I, I picked on you in the first service, now you're here in the second service. She got saved about five weeks ago in this church and is already in an 18 to 25s connect group. Why? Somebody built a home before we even knew who we were making a way for. We're building these homes to make a way and we make a way for our own families and we make a way for others in the church, but we're also making a way for some people we haven't even met yet. Homemakers 
Awaymakers. And Haley got saved because Tom, who's sitting next to her in the front row, you guys didn't know you were going to get um, picked on this morning, brought her along to church. And Tom is part of our church because he came along to youth because there's people every Friday night that give up a social life to build a home for our young people. And Zach brought Tom to his youth home and these guys can be discipled and raised in family because babies aren't designed to be born into an institution. They might be born in a hospital, but they're meant to come home. And you might get saved here on a Sunday in hospital, but you're not meant to stay just here on a Sunday. It's time to come home. But it takes non-babies to have built the homes that make a way. And so if we will take our place in the house of God and in the kingdom of God as homemakers and waymakers, then this generation can find the authentic community that they crave. You want to hear the good news about Gen Z? They don't like religion. (laughs) And that is good news because they demand authentic community. They aren't even satisfied with church Sunday attendance. Studies show that 75% of highly engaged teens attend a Friday night youth group and two-thirds of them also attend a midweek Bible study. The studies are showing that my generation onwards doesn't do things because it's the right thing to do or duty or mum and dad did it so I'm going to do it. If it's not authentic, if it's not worth laying down your life for, Gen Z kind of, why would you bother? So we have such an amazing moment to steward as adults in the house of God to not be too busy to do life in community so that our children by default are not too busy to do life in community and to model the kind of faith that says this is worth laying down your life for or even prioritising your time schedule for. This is worth doing one less sport for, one less instrument for. And I say this with emotion because when we get to heaven, it's not going to be like how much tutoring did your kids get? It's going to be like, are they still saved? Did they have best friends in the house of God? Did they grow up planted in the house? Because more importantly than their educational success, their financial success, more important than any of that is that they're planted and raised in the house of God. And if we will be homemakers and waymakers, then the next generation will grow up planted in the house of God. You know, people need to belong before they believe. People want to join community long before they change their worldview and believe in Jesus. And that's okay. That's actually the whole way God designed it to be. None of this is new. This is not new news. This concept is not new. Like I said, you've probably heard it a hundred times before, but I pray this morning would give you fresh eyes and fresh ears to hear what God wants to do in us. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we read the next chapter after the day of Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit has just come down to earth. Peter has gotten up filled with the Holy Spirit and preached the world's most amazing sermon because 3,000 people got saved that day. You'd be like, crikey, 
what kind of new Christians class are we going to fit all these guys into? (laughs) Well, in chapter 2, they actually have the solution to this. It says, the heading of chapter 2 says, the believers form a community. They formed a community. That was how the early church was birthed. And that's how the church was always designed to be. Not a business, not an organization, but a family, a community. Sunday is the icing of the community cake that we are all a part of. You can't get everything out of Sunday. You can't be used by God in every way, shape or form on a Sunday. It's just meant to be the celebration of the community that we're a part of all the other days of the week. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 in the NLT version. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles formed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It's beautiful, isn't it? The picture that you sense is just a family. It's a family. It's a community. And everyone knew they were a member of their family. And everyone participated. And everyone shared. And what I love most about here is you see God's plan for the salvation of the earth in action. They met together. They did life together. They had meals together. Oh, and God added to their number daily. It's why in John, when Jesus was praying for us before he departed this earth and went to the cross, he says, I pray that by your love for one another, the earth will know that you are mine. And it is going to be in the last days, the great evangelism strategy of this world is Christians who are willing to be homemakers are the Christians who will become waymakers. Because people, I tell you, people are hungry for community. We need community and our world needs us to get in community. When Aaron and I first came to this church three years ago, we were going from a small church plant, like really small, like smaller than my own kids' ministry, now small. And we came to this huge church And suddenly we were leading different teams and meeting all the staff and part of mentoring with Pastor Anne and Pastor John. And life got very full very quickly. But right in the midst of that stretch and that busyness and that fullness, we added one more thing to the mix because, you know, we weren't busy enough. We decided when we first arrived to find a Young Families Connect group and plant ourselves straight in it. Because we knew that despite the friendships we'd make from those we worked with and ministered with and served with, that doesn't actually replace doing life in community. It doesn't replace a connect group family. And Aaron and I wanted social friendships in this church, so we joined a connect group. But it wasn't just for us. We've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And as a mother, for me, it's stewardship. Will I position my family in the house of God to make sure my children grow up with some of their very, very best friends found in the house of God? I tell you now, they'll find friends. 
if they can't find any in the house of God because we are too busy to be in the house of God enough proximity, consistency for them to form friendships. They'll find friends. They'll all be at school. And probably 90% of them won't be Christians. And you just do the math of what's going to happen when they're teenagers, when their entire social group is a non-Christian social group. So for the sake of our children, we planted ourselves in a young families connect group because, hey, I'm the kids pastor and I know that Sunday kids program, once a week, an hour and a half, some of us don't come once a week, so once a fortnight, once every three weeks, an hour and a half, best friends does not make. It's enough for them to feel comfortable coming to church because there's a few buddies they kind of know. And so what happens is, and what we're noticing is a trend actually even in this church, that we want to preemptively change the culture and turn the tide. You've got kids coming on a Sunday and mum and dad don't realise their friendships are not deep because the family is not in community. It comes to the surface when we try and transition the kids from year six kids program to year seven youth. And the jump from Sunday attendance to fully life and community youth is big if you didn't form any deep friendships. And so it becomes a problem in year seven when the kid suddenly goes, oh, mum, dad, I don't have any friends in this church. But we've been coming for seven years. Every second or third Sunday for seven years. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I kind of know them, but I, I don't have any friends and I'm shy and I'm not going to youth, I refuse. And it doesn't have to be that way. If we as adults will pay the price to do life in community and be homemakers and waymakers, then we are actually creating a way for our own children and the generations that come up after us to be homemakers and waymakers. My sons are not going to not come to youth when they're in year seven. They can't wait to get to youth with the whole friendship group that's coming. In fact, the youth leaders are probably dreading the day that all the kids from our Young Families Connect group arrive at youth because they're not going to be like, oh, I'm scared of no friends we're like yo we are here and we're gonna rule the roast from year seven so just get ready guys (laughs) it's about two or three years away and there's like a horde of children coming to youth i'm gonna wrap up and get pastor sandra up to chat to us about connect groups but i want to share with you guys really quickly five amazing beautiful things that god actually wants to do in your life if you will position your life to be a homemaker and a waymaker for others. Isn't it beautiful that when we do life God's way, there's a ripple effect of fruit in our lives? The first thing will happen when you do life in community, when you put your hand up to be a homemaker and a waymaker. Number one, your home will be built. I am the product of pastors, I'm a pastor's kid. And my life wasn't robbed from the church. My life wasn't somehow made worse by how involved in the kingdom my parents were. My life was built in the house of God. I am so the richer for everything my parents modeled to me of homemaker and waymaker. I see Jesse and Zeke as two of the most blessed little boys in this entire church because they are growing up so planted in this house. When we have 18 to 25's connect group, 
at our house. The boys are there. They're playing the games. They get to eat all the yummy connect group food before they go to bed. When we go to our connect family connect group, the boys are there and they're having the time of their life growing up amongst the homemakers and the waymakers. And I'm telling you now, God builds your marriage, God builds your family, and God builds your children when you build his house. The second thing that happens is your way is made. There's so many things we want God to do in our lives. And if we will position ourselves on the front line for Jesus as a homemaker and a waymaker, it makes a way for breakthrough, for miracles, for the desires of your heart. Number three, your port in the storm is built. Maybe you don't know when you're going to need your port in the storm, but you've got to build your port before the storm hits. And when we position ourselves to do life in community, life God's way, as homemakers and waymakers, We don't even realise it at the time that we are building an anchor and a port for ourselves. Last week, Danny shared in communion. Was anyone here to hear Danny share so powerfully in communion? When he shared about his journey, it wasn't the church, the church staff, the church pastoral care team or the church fairies that made over 100 meals for Fran and Danny in the three months that they've been battling in the area of their health. It was their Connect Group family. When my grandma died, it was my Connect Group family that knew and that gave me flowers. When we are part of the house of God the way God designed, we build our own port in the storm. Number four, your freedom and maturity is forged in community. Have you noticed that God uses people to grow us? That you can't actually get free in isolation? You can stay very bound and very messed up and broken in isolation. It takes coming out of the woodwork and joining God's community to get free. And number five, your purpose and ministry can be fulfilled when you take your place as a priest in the house of God. If I could get Amelia to jump up. I'm going to get Sandra to get up in a moment. Isaiah 42 verse 9 says, See the former things have taken place, new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Pastor John's prophetic word over our church this year is that it's new things. And I believe this morning God's been birthing new things in our hearts, new perspective, new revelation. He's taking what is value and forming unshakable convictions in our hearts. He's reminding us of what really matters in life. And for some of you this morning, you might be thinking, I've never heard all this before, or I can't believe that there's a God who wants to welcome me home. And then there's a Jesus that died on the cross and made a way. And maybe this is the first time you've ever heard of the concept of God being a homemaker and a waymaker. And before Sandra talks to us about connect groups, I want to give people an opportunity this morning to take the very first step in that whole thing. Like Haley made a few weeks ago, like Tom made a little while ago. And that is to accept the way that Jesus has made for you to run home into your father's arms. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend.
More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Anne Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the LifeSource Christian Church Audio Lounge.